630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse, and Cece. The Edmonton 5 as Gaudreau walks in. Nurse, a great read on a pass intended for Dubé, broken up. Dreisaitl head for Pugliarvi. He's got McDavid. The empty net. McDavid, a backhand tuck, and it's in for a hat trick. Connor McDavid puts away. An Euler win in the Battle of Alberta. 5-2 Edmonton, and three goals for the Euler captain. Connor McDavid eats up the Flames again. Third career hat trick against Calgary. He has played the Flames 31 times. He has 26 goals. And the Oilers are 2-0 after a 5-2 win tonight at Rogers Place. Let's go right down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Just going to ask that, Dave, did it seem more like the Battle of Alberta again with the fans, with the kind of intensity that, that you saw tonight? Just way more emotion in the game. Emotion from the players, the fans, just the atmosphere in the building. It's just it's a way better experience for everybody. How would you describe maybe the last five, six minutes of that first period? It seemed like things got pretty, pretty hairy and hectic. Just a good hockey game. I like emotion in the game, right? I, I don't think we have enough emotion in the game, so... A little emotion, a little hard Saturday night, a couple of rivals. It's what's not to like about that. Um, you, I mean, your captain had another amazing game, your whole first line. What would you say about their performance tonight? Uh, they were, I mean, uh, Calgary's a desperate team. They're coming in here, they're going to play desperate. They played really hard. They threw a lot of pucks at the net, made us defend, made us compete hard. And uh, there was ebbs and flows in the game. We uh, capitalized on a couple power plays, which kind of pushed the game along for us, but they uh, they didn't quit. I, I thought, I mean, they, they got it to 3-2. They were actually, in the second period, they were pushing pretty good. Hyman had a breakaway, and then all of a sudden comes back the other way. They get one, and uh, so it's kind of ebbs and flows like that, but I thought after Jesse's goal, we really played well. We uh, kind of locked it down, didn't get much after that, so... It was, uh, there's, you know, it's it's a hard game. You're, you got to give the other team some credit, but I thought our guys hung in there and we found a way to win. As you kind of alluded to, Jesse's goal being very important for you guys. He scored in both games now. What have you kind of seen from him in the first two games? He just seems like a lot more confident. Well, he just feels like he belongs. I mean, he feels like he belongs in the league. He feels like he could be a good player in the league. And, uh, you know, he's... Ever since the start of camp last year, he started building himself to be a good NHL player, and his confidence continues to grow, and his game continues to grow, and he's playing in a lot of situations, playing with those big guys, and he's he puts a lot of work in the game, and uh, his skill set is really strong. I mean, he can shoot the puck well, and which, which you've seen tonight. Dave, you didn't get Jesse on the ice much in the second period because of all the penalties, but he came back in the third period and scored the goal, obviously, and then set up Connor for the for the fifth one. Um, was there too many penalties to get some of the people on the ice? Well, that just that's just the way it happens when there's you got you got people, especially when we're not getting a lot of power plays. You know, it seems like we're killing, so you're taking the rhythm out, and you're always trying. You're coming out of kills, you're always trying to find the rhythm of getting people going again. You know, and that's uh, that's a challenge. But Jesse, uh, you know, Jesse, for the most part, he stayed with Connor and Leon, and then on, on the power play, him and Hyman kind of switch up a little bit. How did you see the play with Anderson and Yamamoto? Did you see a headbutt? I'm sure the legal look at it. I looked at it. To me, it's a headbutt, but the legal look at it, that's is what it is. And Fogel's play, what did you think? Of- really strong. The line was really good. Fogel been, Fogel's been good in both games. Both games. Big, hard player to play against around the front of the net. Really uh, roots around in there. And in a game like this tonight, he's a good player. Thank you. Dave, what did you, what did you make of the one-timer from Connor in that spot there that he, he's been working on? It's funny, as soon as it happened, I knew as soon as it went in, the players are so happy for him, they're laughing, and just, you know, just because you guys have brought it up in the last week or whatever, so it's, it's kind of, it's out there that we're looking for results now, and he got results, so it was a, a light moment, put it that way. 
uh, with Mike Smith, thirty uh, some saves last game, another forty here tonight. Uh, has he been as steady a player as you've had so far? Re really steady. Tonight was, you know, like I say, just lots of pucks being thrown at the net from all over the place. I'll be interested to see what the scoring chances, actual scoring chances are in the game, but they threw a lot of pucks there. They just chip a lot of pucks there. Schmidty was steady. He just hung in there and uh, stopped the ones he needed to. Uh, Jesse's hanging around the net a lot, causing a lot of commotion. You could tell it was already getting on Calgary's nerve. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, getting a little bit tired of it. Is this something that you guys have kind of uh, urged him to do, or is it something that he's kind of discovered? And comes naturally. We, we've urged him to do it, but he's doing it willingly. That's a big man hanging around in front of there. You know, like that's, he's a hard guy to move, and he's got and he's got that big tripod going. He's a hard guy to move. So I mean, he's he likes to go there. He knows that if he goes there, he can find some pucks around there and score some goals. And if you see him when he scores a goal, he looks like the happiest guy in the world, right? And so why not go there more and score some more? You, you've got this second and third wave now that you can throw over the boards that you never had in the past. Just what's the value of that, especially in a game like this where you kind of need that sort of depth? Well, I thought, you know, as the third period got going there, we got up by two, and then I went with the three lines, and we just, there was a flow and a rhythm to our game that everybody was on the same page, and that's nothing against the, the other line that wasn't playing much, but you just get into that rhythm. Like you say, we got three lines that are just going hard and playing a similar style. It doesn't matter who the players are, and it, uh, you know, you can do that. You can, you can look like a pretty good team. That is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Edmonton 5, Calgary 2 is the final tonight at Rogers Place. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Well, a lot of storylines in this one, Rob, but we will start with the two-time Hart Trophy winner, Connor McDavid, who continues to shine, especially against the Calgary Flames. He gets a power play goal in the first period. He gets a one-timer power play goal in the second period. Pugliarvi gets the puck to him for the empty netter to complete the hat trick in the third. Well, the Calgary Flames were playing with fire by taking penalties and putting the Oilers' power play on the ice. The one thing that Connor McDavid said is he wanted to improve on his one-timer. He wanted to be more dangerous from outside, be able to score from distance. It's always funny when you hear, I'd be like Tiger Woods, yeah, I'm going to improve my swing after winning five or six majors in a row. Well, which he did. He which did, he over, did. did overhaul it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's scary when the best at, at what they do think they can get better and we, we every player tries to improve but I mean you're improving on perfection when you're Connor McDavid and he has uh, we've seen Sidney Crosby do it in the past he decided he wanted to be a goal scorer scores 50 goals so when Connor said he's going to put a little more time and effort into scoring from distance well tonight he scores two goals from distance and that just adds to an already potent power play so uh, he was excellent tonight I think the oil, or excuse me, the Flames miss Mark Giordano when they're dealing with Connor McDavid. I don't know if they've got uh, anyone in the on the back end now that can play him with the physical style and, and be a little nasty with him and still be able to skate with him. So uh, Connor McDavid, we felt before the game was going to have a big night, and he certainly did. 5-2, the Oilers win it. Yessi Pugliarvi scores again. He adds two assists. And the goal he scored, first of all, great passing play. I, I mean, about four seconds before he scored, the puck was in the left corner to Mike Smith. And Drysaddle gets it up to CeCe, who finds Pugliarvi. Rob, you can tell me if I'm making too much of this, but the Jesse Pugliarvi we saw in his first incarnation with the Oilers, and even a bit at the start of next year, and I'm not at the start of last season, and I'm not saying that he's he's perfect, but there were a lot of plays to be made where he almost looked nervous or, mm -hmm. or there'd be a little fumble of the puck. Good pass by CeCe, but it wasn't right in stride. Pugliarvi kind of had to knock it first, and I thought to myself, last year, he probably doesn't wrangle that. He probably and, fumbles it. And this yep. year, not only does he wrangle it, bang, scores it. He's confident, and it, it, it's funny. When you think confidence, you think, oh, you know, a grade 10 kid playing basketball for the first time or, or a novice kid out on the ice. Pro players get nervous, too, and pro players struggle with confidence. And, yes, he has in the past. 
but the more you play and the more success you have and the more comfortable you feel, the more confident you get. And confidence is what you saw when he scored that goal. He took it in stride and he knew exactly where he wanted to put the puck. There was no second guessing himself. There was no hesitation. And that's what you get when you, you, you feel you feel good about yourself. You feel good about your game. And yes, he does that. And yes, he is not just uh, a complimentary player on the first line. Let's, for example, last year, Kyler Yamamoto played a lot of the season with Leon and Connor. Kyler was, at best, a complimentary player. He struggled at times, but at best, a complimentary player. Yes, he, at times, drives the shifts. There's lines where he, there's been shifts where he's been the best player on that line. That's saying a lot when you're playing with Connor and Leon. He create thing, creates opportunities for, for Connor and Leon. And when he gets the puck on his stick, you feel confident now that he's able to put it in the net. And that was a big goal. Uh, Calgary Flames were pushing. Yeah. They made it 3-2, and that was the next shift. It, it, there's nothing worse, and you talked about it before, that when you are coming back, if you score a goal, you don't get to enjoy that as a, as a team. You're, you're on the bench, and all of a sudden, they haven't even announced your goal, and they've come down and scored against you. So big goal for Jesse Pugliarvi, who has... Uh, been fantastic and, and Bob and Jack talked about it at the end of the game it's hard thinking about splitting those three up right now because as well as they're playing yeah Pugliarvi's goal was 26 seconds after Elias Lindholm brought the flames within a goal we got to congratulate Doug we set the line before the game at one and a half for goals by Connor McDavid tonight uh, Connor McDavid tonight Doug predicted over he was indeed over, so Doug's getting a $100 gift card to River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. You can also chime in at 780-496-0063. We'll get to your calls in a few minutes here. Mike Smith is 2-0 on the season, 45 saves tonight. Well, two things about that. The first thing, that's too many shots. The Oilers, in, in both their games, I think there was close to 40 shots in game one. Got up it was to 38. 38 and 47 tonight. Too many shots against. Uh, on the other side of it, Mike Smith has been excellent. The question marks about Mike Smith coming back in. Uh, age is just a number, and he keeps saying that, and it certainly has shown that uh, he was fantastic. And to me, uh, at times, was the best oiler on the ice. Very good in this game. Uh, if the Oilers get goaltending like they're getting right now, then yeah, the division title, the conference title, is in play. Because offensively in their power play, they're going to score goals. And if Mike Smith can do what he's done in the first two games, and the Oilers should get better defensively because they're going to make adjustments because they're giving up too many goal, great scoring chances against. But Mike Smith, through two games, has been the all-world Mike Smith that we saw last year. So a 5-2 Oilers win, that means $500 donated to Santa's Anonymous courtesy James H. Brown and Associates unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous so the total for the year already up to 700 bucks. Okay, let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room the hat trick tonight, the captain Connor McDavid. So Connor, uh, Leon felt that that puck was still a little bit fluffy coming off your stick there. Just your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, I think it rolled a little bit, but uh, it was a nice pass from Doc and just try to get good wood on it. Uh, something that you were working on, I guess. Uh, have you scored a goal? Like, uh, I mean, is a, is a one-timer from that spot something that y you can remember doing before, or is that? Uh... Uh, I've probably never scored a goal from from there and like like that. Um, just like a straight one-timer like that. But uh, yeah, I definitely worked at it, and uh, it was a nice pass from Doc, and just tried to get it there. Mike Smith, back-to-back -back games where he's 30-some saves last game, 40 tonight. How much has that meant through two games? Yeah, he's been amazing. I mean, he's obviously. Uh, you know, he's come back and, and uh, he's picked up right where he left off. Um, you know, he's an ageless wonder, so um, he was unbelievable again tonight. Warren, I wonder how, uh, what, what you make of your first experience in the Battle of Alberta, playing in the Canadian market, the crowd going wild, the intensity as high as it was. Yeah, I love it. Um, you can see outside here, this is, this is crazy. This is, this is passion and, you know, it's pretty exciting to be out there and, you know, play in front of loud fans and it was a lot of fun. I guess, you know, going into the game tonight, there were a lot of the guys earlier this morning talking about how, I guess, 
the, the, the temperature of the Battle of Alberta maybe had dropped a little bit with no fans and all that. Did you kind of sense, you know, later in the first period especially that it had ratcheted back up a little? Yeah, you kind of felt like that's what was going to happen. You know, playing these guys 10 times last year with, with no fans, um, you know, it got a little stale. But, uh, you know, the passion back in the building, the fans, uh, you know, being as excited as they were, you're going to see that, that uh, echo back up. And I thought, uh, I thought our boys did a good job responding and, and uh, obviously a good win for us. Uh, did either of you see that play with uh, Anderson and, and uh, Yamamoto? Did you see a, a headbutt there, maybe? I, I didn't really see it. Uh, Warren, your line with Cassian and, and Ryan, you got the boys on the board first. Is that exactly the way you wanted to see this game go, your, your line? Yeah, for sure. I thought we uh, we played north and, and played hard, and um, you know, just trying to create energy for the team. And you know, I thought we had a, we had a good game. Connor, uh, we're two games into the season, and there's like 300 people gathered out there screaming and yelling for MVPs and Stanley Cups and things like that. Uh, I guess what are your what are your thoughts on that? You... Yeah, I mean, Oilers fans are some passionate fans uh, around, and uh, we definitely miss them a lot, and they're excited to be back. We're excited to have them back, and, and for them to be showing, you know, some emotion like that, it's, uh, it's exciting for us. Um, you know, we're just, you know, continue to, to, to work hard each and every day and, and try to make them proud. What do you, this team's clearly deeper than it's been. What is? What are your thoughts on, you know, now that you've watched the Lions roll out for a couple games here, you know, as, as Dave Tippett would say, sort of the rhythm of the lines as they come over the bars, different guys, different roles. What are your thoughts on on how it's fit together here? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think the addition of of, of Rhino and Fogues has has, has really helped uh, a lot. You know, that that the whole line has been so good for us. Obviously, chipping in with a huge goal tonight and just building momentum for us uh, throughout the night. And um, you know, even that, that that fourth line, they're they're solid for us. So um, I've liked how it's gone. I haven't liked how you know, kind of penalties have thrown us out of rhythm. But you know, when when uh, we get a chance to roll them over, it gets uh, it gets pretty pretty good. All right, that is Connor McDavid and Warren Fogle, one of the new guys who had a pretty good game tonight on the Oilers' third line, got an assist on the opening goal of the game from Derek Ryan. The Oilers win 5-2, five goals, baby. You know what that means. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca iMac text in. He says, uh, what do you think the suspension for Rasmus Anderson will be? Uh, iMac thinks it should be three games for the uh, headbutt, never mind punching Yamo three times after the linesman was in. Uh, yeah, probably a game. I, I, honestly, I don't know what... I don't have any reference to what other guys have gotten for what he did, but uh, to me, it was deliberate. It was uh, a, a one-game suspension, but there should have been more of a penalty on the play. A, there was a headbutt, and B, he dropped his glove and, gloves and threw five punches. To me, that's a fight. So I think that the referees missed that, but hopefully, and I'm sure the league will look at it, and I would expect there will be at least a one-game suspension. All right. Well, I, I'm surprised that this gentleman took so long to call me. As we go to the hotline for CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems, CertainTeed, pro all the way. Adam called, I can't remember if it was after game three or game four of the Oilers series against the Jets, and he said he was. He would have been late. If it was after game four, it was definitely after yeah. midnight. But Adam said Duncan Keith is going to come to the Oilers this summer. Somehow it's going to happen. And, Adam, you called it. And I don't know what your connection is to Duncan Keith, if you're a relative or whatever, but you called it, so congratulations. I'm just surprised you didn't call me in the summer on my show when he got traded here. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no. Um, I just uh, I played Duncan. Uh, I played with Duncan in uh, Penticton. I played with uh, him and Kobasu um, in 1999, and we just became uh, good friends all throughout his minor league career. And then I went off to uh, uh, Tulsa, and then I just. I just ended my career, you know, in the minors, and then 
we just became good friends, right? Because he's a good guy. And uh, we stayed in touch. And then, uh, uh, you know, I used to go down there um, during the cup runs in uh, 2010, uh, 13, and 15. And, yeah, he's, he's just a great guy. Awesome. Well, thanks for giving us the tip along the way. Appreciate you calling, Adam. We'll talk to you again, all right? Yeah, you bet, buddy. That is Adam, 780-496-0063. Yeah, that was, he just kind of was out of the blue <laughs> for us. And, I mean, we get asked about uh, a, a lot of players. Could they come here? Could they get traded here? And we're like, well, okay, we'll, we'll see, I guess. So Adam absolutely called that. That was pretty cool. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from Dreisaitl and Pugliarvi. They both had three points tonight. The Oilers are 2-0 as they beat the Flames 5-2. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Nikita Zadorov able to cut Cassian off. Stick handle his way over with a feed to Kachuk. Now the onrushing back to Kachuk left wing. Loads and fire. Shot tipped, juggled, and held by Mike Smith. Mike Smith, excellent game. 45 saves. That's the save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.com. CA, I see the magic whenever I work with Rob Brown. I just got to look next to me, and there he is. John texting in, and I, I don't think we've seen this replay, Rob. Uh, John says there's a, a replay on TV that showed that uh, Anderson's glove was in front of his head, so it wasn't a headbutt. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll look at it if there's something to it. Well, I, I saw that they, they were showing that on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, I mean, it's still a headbutt if you headbutt the guy, even if your hand is partially covering the guy's face. It was an intent with head. Um, but the NHL will take a look at it and as usual probably get it wrong <laughs> oh wow nice early season cynicism <laughs> Rob Brown I've had wow. many just, years of watching just throwing the department of player safety under the bus well I'm still mad from the year they suspended Andrew Cogliani who I didn't Cogliano I didn't realize he's he, he's on a new team this year he wasn't with San Jose last year was he uh, no, he was Dallas, right? Because yeah. he was Anaheim, Dallas. Yep. I saw he scored a goal tonight for the San Jose Sharks, shorthanded. Uh, Brad says, uh, now I should tell you, Brad, before I read your, uh, your text here, uh, Rob is not huge on the on the shot differential stats and the and the Corsis, right? No, I think Corsis are dumb. Uh, so Brad says, how come Nurse and Barry were outshot 22-10? It seems they flubbed a lot of passes and couldn't break out of their zone over and over. Aren't they supposed to be good puck movers? Well, the Oilers were outshot tonight. Um, the Calgary Flames at times 5-on-5 five five were the better team. Uh, at the end of the night, the Oilers won because their stars were better than the Flames stars. Their power play was better than the Flames power play. And their goaltender was much better than the Calgary Flames goaltending. Um, th th there's going to be nights where the, Cal or where the Edmonton Oilers are hemmed in their own zone. Uh, I, I will not say anything untowards Darnell Nurse. He's got, <laughs> he is by far, by far, the Edmonton Oilers' best defenseman, and it's not even close. Darnell Nurse tonight, 27-47. Ice time, two shots on goal, eight hits, one blocked shot, one giveaway, one assist plus one is his stat line for Darnell Nurse. Okay, we'll go to Tony on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Hello, Tony, go ahead. Good to have hockey back. Good to hear you guys. Um, there's a few comments. I I've been li I've been listening and hearing a lot of people saying and kind of bashing Yamamoto because you know he's still snake bitten. You know he's then kind of just not himself. And if, when I watch him play, he may not be you know scoring or whatever, but he's still working hard along the boards. He's still doing all the dirty stuff that I'm going to give a good example that Johnny Goudreau won't do. That I think it's just a matter of time before he does score and gets that monkey off his back because he's still working hard. He is not getting that luck that he deserves. The only problem want... is he's a top six forward, and last year he played almost exclusively with Connor and Leon. And I don't know what it was one goal in his last 30 some games, and he hasn't lit the lamp obviously it's only two games in he's eventually going to have to start scoring or he's not going to be in your top six and I like Yamamoto and you're right he does a lot of the little things but as a top six player you have to produce offensively as well 
I also want your guys' opinion on Ryan McLeod tonight. Well, here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tony. Thanks for calling. And Coach Mike texted in this along the same lines. I don't like Tippett playing the fourth line five minutes a night so far. Will the fourth line play more once Shore is healthy? I would think so, and Shore will kill penalties. But yeah, tonight, Turris played 503. Perlini played 622. McLeod played 523. And even defensively, well, Cuckoo got up to 917. I mean, with Nurse on the left side, again, your opportunities are, are, are limited. I mean, well, I guess we'll nitpick a, a little the win a little bit since it was brought up. Ultimately, you'd like a little more action from the, the fourth line. Yes, uh, I, I agree. But the problem for the Oilers is with their fourth line is they got – there's too many penalties. And Perlini doesn't kill penalties. Tourist doesn't kill penalties, and neither does McLeod. Uh, so they don't play in the power play or the penalty kill – and when you get out of rhythm and, and you go through long stretches where it's power play, penalty kill, power play, penalty kill, and your fourth line, because of that, doesn't play 8, 10, 12 minutes, it's hard throwing them out there for one shift. Uh, so in a game where there's the, the specialty teams aren't as prevalent, they will play more. Also, with the fact that the Oilers have got a fairly good schedule thus far. They can overplay certain players. But Dave Tippett talked about it. He said we were in, we, we, because of power plays and penalty, there was a lot of players that weren't playing, and then they started getting to a rhythm with three lines, and he continued with those three lines. When Devin Shore gets back, he has more trust in Devin than he does in Ryan McLeod, which will allow him to start them in their own zone. I think there's a little bit of fear starting them in their own zone for a face-off if Ryan McLeod's a centerman. Yeah, that'll be our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. 5-2 Oilers win tonight. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. Robert is standing by. Good evening, Robert. Go ahead, sir. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Quite well. Well, I mean, like, I want to make a couple points. Uh, I guess first off, I want to, I want to touch a little bit on that uh, headbutt there by Anderson. Personally, in my opinion, I think that's worth at least two games. He'll probably only get one, if that. I do, I do, uh, I do agree with Rob. The uh, player safety will uh, probably screw it up. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, but uh, I guess. Uh, uh, my other point is tonight, I thought, again, that, that third line with Fogel and Cassian on it, I mean, I know I know Cassian wasn't there last game because he was hurt, but I thought I thought that third line was really good tonight. And I also thought that, you know, uh, I also thought that uh, uh, Yamamoto, he did some good things too. I don't, I'm not sure what you guys are thinking about that. And Smith, again, was lights out. Only two games. But I think, I think we'll be... I think we'll be just fine when it comes uh, uh, when it comes to goaltending and and uh, uh, and I have uh, uh, one last one here on that uh, that power play goal that one timer by uh, Connor McDavid there looked like he'd been doing it for years. Yeah, that was it was a great shot, absolutely. And like Rob said, just working on other ways to expand his game. Yeah, Yamamoto, you know, second caller to bring him up a bit. You don't, you don't doubt his effort. Nope. I I mean, look, as a as a smaller gentleman myself, I guess I kind of got a soft spot for the for the little guys who can go out there and succeed. I mean, Derek Ryan's uh, not a big guy. I mean, you know, Chris Russell's not a big guy when when he's in the lineup. So you can't have a pretty long NHL career. But I understand. You know, sometimes it's just physics. You know, this guy weighs this much. This guy weighs this much. It doesn't matter how hard the smaller guy is trying. Um, he might not win that battle. I, I, I mean, I think Yamamoto gets him. The, the, the one thing I'll say about Yamamoto is he took a couple penalties tonight. Mm -hmm. He had uh, 13 minor penalties last year, did play every game. You know, Benoit Pouliot got roasted some nights for his, yeah. you know, ozone penalties and stuff. And sometimes there's a little bit there uh, from Yamo too where he winds up taking penalties. Yes, he's digging hard but he well winds up committing a foul in the process. Yeah, no, you, you can't take penalties like, like he's taken. Uh, both of them were stick infractions. One got into the feet, one got into the hand uh, at inopportune times. It, but I, I don't question his work ethic at all, and actually his battles. Uh, he doesn't lose a lot of battles. What, what you need, though, when you're... He's here because of what he can do offensively. 
That's why he was drafted in the first round. That's why he's playing in the top six. And the production hasn't been there. Uh, he had the great run when he got called up a couple of years ago when they put him together with R&H and Leon. And, and, you know, was part of the reason that the Oilers' season turned around that year. But it wasn't there last year. The offense wasn't what it needed to be. He's playing top six minutes. And this year he's either going to play with R&H and Hyman or when they split up the the two centermen, the two greats, he's going to be playing with Leon. And when you play with Leon, you got to produce. And last year he didn't. He was snake-bitten at, at times. But he will be judged on putting the puck in the net. If you're a top six player, you, ha you have to do it. The Oilers really like the way they have their line set up right now. They love the Derek Ryan third line, what they can do. Their fourth line they've been happy with. But to, for that to work, they got to get production out of the right side. Pugliarvi's doing that on his line. Yamamoto has to do it on his if he wants to stay in a top six uh, position. I, I would imagine it'd be 10, 15 games before they make any kind of decisions on it. But in yeah. those 10, 15, he eventually has to put the puck in the True. Net. If you're winning, it's always it, it, less likely to, to make a change. No, but they this is something that they got to watch because over the course of the season, then they got to make decisions. Okay, is this as going into the playoff? Now we're sure. game two, but in the going into the playoffs, is this enough out of this player, out of this position for us to move on past the first round? Uh, so that that's something they're going to watch. But yeah, the the work's there. The try is there. It, right now, they just need the production. Eagles Larry writes in, I can never remember with Eagles Larry if he cheers for the Philadelphia Eagles or he has Eagles as pets in his backyard. I can't remember. Eagles Larry says, I'm very impressed with the game Duncan Keith plays. He quietly makes solid plays. He must have knocked down half a dozen dump in plays, killing the forecheck before it even starts. That is a, a note there from Eagles. Larry, thanks a lot for tuning in, buddy. Hope the Eagles are doing well. 780-496-0063. We have Edgar on the line. Oilers win 5-2 over Calgary. Hey, Edgar, go ahead, sir. Well, it's good to be back and hear you guys again. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking my call. Um, earlier uh, in the program, you had some guys... Uh, uh, on the refs a little bit about missing this or missing that it's a hard job and you know i wouldn't want to have it i'm i'm glad to see mcdavid got a holding call because he was but on the other hand we all know how many times he gets clutched and grabbed what uh what i really called in for was where do you draw the lines um at about uh 10 minutes in to the second period the linesman grabs Chuck and prevents him from yeah doing some sort of atrocity or another to an Oilers player now a lot of people are, are on them for trying to sway the game one way or another and I tell you what where do you draw the line when a linesman interferes with a player before he does something uh, inadvertent to another player on another team, now we don't get the power play. Where do you draw the line when the linesmen are doing that? And they're, we're still—they're going to do that all yeah. the time. Thanks, Edgar. That's—that's that's their job, they're, and they're going to do that to to make sure that their first job is to make sure that someone doesn't do, do anything stupid and protect the other player. And they would do that. They would grab Cassian. The linesman will look at the player they think is going to do something the silliest and will grab him first. So at all times, they know who is on the ice and they know who to go after first to make sure a game doesn't get out of hand. So, yeah, I would expect the linesman to do that. And, uh, and on most nights, the referees and the linesmen do a very good job. Yeah, and I think tonight's game, there were probably a couple calls, you know, and we, uh, we have the luxury of replay and and mm -hmm. seeing it from up high i mean i didn't i didn't think luch committed a trip no nope. quite that was, frankly that's a bad call um and, and yeah you mentioned it too could have anderson got more uh you yep. know cassian took a guy's stick away usually that's holding your interference <laughs> or, 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 or something pulled, pulled so it, yeah. <laughs> yeah you could definitely debate but it's it, we, watching the game live this wouldn't sh and i don't know if edgar was at the game or not or, or how often he comes to games but watching it live from where we are it's it's amazing how often 
the linesman almost has to or- help orchestrate the line changes, especially in the second period because there's so much crisscrossing, mm-hmm. and maybe guys were just battling in the corner, and now, well, they're not fighting, but they're yeah, a little bit of jostling or elbows to the yeah. chest as they're going to the bench, and how often they got to separate them, pull one guy to one door, <laughs> throw the other game guy ma- in the, in the other door. Game management is yeah. what it is, and it's, it's the way it's supposed to be done. And uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing when you sit and watch the – the, the way that a linesman calls a game, very rarely do they get a play wrong. And if they do get a, a, an offside wrong, it's only after they've watched 19 different replays to see that someone was a half a millimeter off. So, yeah, no, the, the, line, the, the linesmen are supposed to protect players and supposed to try to keep the game flow going in the proper direction. So, yeah, when Kachuk's on the ice, usually he's the first guy they, they grab. When Cassian's on the ice, he'd be the first guy they'd grab. Boy, Kachuk went and gave Derek Ryan a shot right at the final buzzer. Did you see that? Uh, well, actually, because it was right down here. I was actually leaning back. Over there. Yeah. I saw that everyone um, kind of congregated there, and at that point, I guessed it was Kachuk that did it. Um, he had his opportunities all night long to go after Ryan if he wanted to. I, that's what I always boggles my mind when someone does that after the whistle. Well, you had 60 minutes. If you wanted to do something, do it then. Don't make a difference after the game because guess what? It doesn't make a difference in the hockey game. Derek Ryan opened the scoring tonight. Fogel and Cassian got the assist. Derek Ryan, the former U of A Golden Bear, a Calgary Flame for the last three years. His first goal as an Oiler, you could tell he was <laughs> overjoyed. Uh, you know, big, big reaction from him. Almost seemed like he took a moment to look up into the crowd and soak it in and grab the puck as well. Well, yeah, it is a big moment. Uh, you know, playing at the U of A and being in part of the Battle of Alberta's and coming from Calgary and then playing here, given uh, this role here in Edmonton, uh, he's a veteran guy, and they, they went out and got him for a purpose. They wanted a third-line center. They could win face-offs on the right side, play on the penalty kill, be a thorn in the other team's top players, and play a heavy, uh, in-your-face style of game. And that's the kind of goal he scored. He was standing in the blue paint. And, and, it, and it's funny, you were talking about uh, guys that are smaller in stature, how they can have long careers and be successful. On the goal that Ryan had, I'm pretty sure he was standing by Zadorov, who from up here looks like he's about 6'12". <laughs> like he is a big man, but that's who he's in front of the net with, and Ryan's the one that gets the puck on his stick and puts it in the net. He understands what his role is. He played it to perfection. He was very good through the entire exhibition season, and so far through two games has been excellent. It's been a good addition, Derek Ryan, to the Oilers. Well, what a treat this is. For the first time this season, JP is on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, JP. Go ahead, sir. I'll tell you right now, there's no certainty that I keep uh, thing together. I've been on a few uh, drinks tonight, you guys. But let's get, let's first of the hello, how are you guys? Are you read, Rob? been too long. I have not talked to you guys for a a few months. At this point, how are you guys tonight? We're doing well. We're doing well. Beautiful. I just want to talk about JP. He uh, went out tonight with a game plan. JP went out tonight with uh, motivation, with a lot of passion behind his game plan. JP did everything he set himself set out to do. He accomplished everything to a T. But enough about me. Let's talk about Jesse Pellerazzi <laughs> for a second, you guys. This guy's a star. This guy is a star. I love him. I love the passion. I love the passion. I love everything he brings to this uh, city. And at the end of the day, you guys, the Oilers are 2-0. I'm, I'm calling it right now. This team might roll. He might, they might roll 10, 10 straight to start the season. But I just wanted to phone in and say hello to Yuri. Hello to you all. And I want to say to all the Oilers fans, let's have a let's have a fun season ahead. Can we? Let's pour a drink tonight, everyone, and enjoy the evening. Ron, I need your autograph. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah, we're still working on that. Anytime. We, he's well. Now it gets harder now because we don't do our post game from downstairs. We're up here. I'm not sure he's gonna. I'm not sure he can get up here. Uh, sh- no, I'm pretty sure JP's not. I, there's up. a lot of security guards who would be out there holding him back. And they don't serve booze up here, so I'm not sure you'd want to be up here anyways. They haven't shown you where the... Oh, forget it. <laughs> Oilers win 5-2. I mean, yeah, I mean, you brought up Pugliarvi again, who we talked about earlier, but, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, three assists. He's he's around the net. I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. Yep. Because he got called for goalie interference on Markstrom, and then four flames went after him, <laughs> and he seemed almost surprised. And do you remember last year there was a play in Vancouver, a guy punched him? Because I think he inadvertently kind of jostled somebody, maybe even gave him a, knocked his head, and then he got, and he seemed shocked. Does, does he have to, I'm not saying he has to learn how to fight, but does he have to be aware if he's going to be in front of the net and digging down low, does he have to be aware, okay, there might be a scrum, like I got to at least protect myself here, even if I'm not going to do something to a guy? Well, he, I, I think the look that he has, I think he's one of those guys that he wants everybody to like him. So why are you hitting me? Because I'm a nice person. Look at the big smile I got. Uh, but he's going to attract that kind of attention, ill ill attention from, from the opposition because he's he's a big body. I don't think he still understands his strength mm-hmm. that he has. Uh, he's a big man in front of the net. He gave, he gave a little whack to Markstrom, and, and they took exception to it. But he, he's going to... At all to end, he's on a line with right now the two superstars, so they're going to go after him. Like they know if they go after Connor or Leon, there's going to be 20 guys coming over the boards to get him. So uh, he he does a, a good enough job. I'm not worried about Jesse Pugliarvi. He's never going to have to fight, and he is big and strong enough that if anyone ever did come after him, he'll be able to hold his own. Whether it's just holding the guy in a bear hug and not letting him do anything, but to me, it's just one of those where he he plays the game with such passion and 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 fun. That when somebody comes at him in a, with uh, a little bit of anger in them, he's like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not going to be angry to you. Why are you being angry to me?" So he's just—he's a, a kid playing a man's game, but he's playing it in a man's body. He was the second star tonight. Andrew Mangiapane from the Flames was the third star, no doubt about the first star with the hat trick tonight. His tenth regular season hat trick. Three of them have been against the Flames is Connor McDavid, 26 goals now in 31 career games against Calgary. Edmonton wins at 5-2. Okay, Darcy, Kevin, and Ryan are next up in the batting order on the Certainty Hotline. we got to take a quick timeout. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Fogel turns, fires, score! On the rebound, Derek Ryan against his former team. Able to bury it. Fogel the helper. Oilers won. Flames, nothing. There is the Derek Ryan goal. Got us started tonight. Connor McDavid scores three. Yessi Pugliarvi scores. Mangiapane and Lindholm for Calgary. 5-2 Edmonton wins it. The shot's 47-33 in favor of the Flames. Mike Smith is 2-0. He makes 45 stops tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Two minutes before midnight. I will update the scoreboard courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Oil Kings will play Red Deer here Sunday at 4 p.m. Oil Kings won 4-0 last night over Lethbridge. In the NHL, Sabres beat the Coyotes 2-1 in a shootout. Panthers ring up the Islanders 5-1. Maple Leafs knock off the Senators 3-1. The Rangers beat Montreal 0-3. The Canadian 3-1, I should say. The Canadians are 0-3. Boston winning 3-1 against Dallas. The Red Wings winning 3-1 over the Canucks. Penguins beat the Blackhawks 5-2. In overtime, it's Lightning 2, Capitals 1. In overtime, it's Columbus 2, Seattle 1. Hurricanes beat the Predators 3-2. Blues knock off the Avs 5-3. Sharks win at home 4-3 against the Jets. The Jets are 0-2. And it is Minnesota winning in Los Angeles 3-2, the final there. Baseball playoffs, Boston 9-5 over Houston. That series is 1-1. Atlanta wins game one of the NLCS 3-2 over the Dodgers. CFL tonight, Calgary pounds BC 39-10. Calgary got one offensive touchdown, one defensive touchdown, one special teams touchdown, and six field goals. <laughs> well, they the spread it around. And, uh, they're coming on. Uh, what's, they are. Their quarterback got healthy, and he is a good quarterback. And uh, Montreal beat Ottawa 27-16. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Darcy on the line. Hey, Darcy, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Hey, um, just wanted to touch on Hyman and Keith. Uh, do, you, do you think that Hyman is mentoring uh, Yamamoto into being more of a player like he is? Same with Keith, like the mentoring going on with Bouchard and Nurse and CC. Do you think he's working with these guys and helping to prep them 
for for you know helping to develop their 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 skills. I, I you know they always you always ask about that veterans coming in and and mentoring or, or or teaching it doesn't really happen that way what what it does is just little things here and there on the bench just especially when you're in line mate so Yamamoto right now is playing with Hyman so you talk on the bench but a lot of it is just the player the younger player watching and learning and asking questions that happens more so than Duncan Keith saying, okay, Bouchard, come here. Here's what I'm going to teach you today. It doesn't really happen that way. It'll be Bouchard. It'll be watching Keith in practice and say, hey, I watched last game. You did this. Why? That's more of what happens uh, from what – and now I'm not around the practices and I'm not around the dressing room a lot, but for everything I've heard about Keith, his work ethic is exceptional. Same as Hyman great work ethic and then in the games they play with an edge and there's they don't take shifts off there's a reason that Duncan Keith's going to be going to the Hall of Fame because of what he's done on the ice year after year after year there's a reason that Hyman uh, got the big contract here in Edmonton what they wanted is what they've seen in in these games every night Hyman doesn't take a shift off ever that's where the players will learn. That's where Yamamoto will watch Hyman. Okay, here's how he conducts himself in practice. Here's what he does on the ice. So that's the kind of mentoring they'll get from the young players watching and learning that way. Appreciate it, Darcy. Oilers win 5-2. Yeah, Hyman is he's fun to watch. He's, I mean, he his, is. his motor's always going. We talked about it, how he plays all situations. So he plays 1941. He played 301 on the power play and 214 shorthanded. Only took four face-offs and won three of them. Yeah, a jack of all trades and, and pretty good at all the trades. Uh, he, he, makes, he makes his line mates better. He drags them along with him. Um, he's, he's a consummate professional that, again, never takes a shift off and wins all the battles. That's the best thing, the, the best thing about him, and that's the thing that, as a young player, you watch. It doesn't matter if it's a, a battle at center ice uh, for a 50-50 puck or in his own Everywhere he does it, he, and he does the right things. He doesn't cheat, and that's one of the reasons the Edmonton Oilers wanted a player like that on their team. Just some other face-off stats here. Derek Ryan, 10 out of 15. Dreisaitl, 14 out of 21. Tough night for Nugent Hopkins, 2 out of 12. And McDavid went 4 out of 9. A few other guys took 2 or 3 face-offs along the way. Oilers wound up at 51% in the face-off circle. They were actually only at uh, 42% after 2 what, periods, so they what, won a lot in the third. What did Lindholm end up with? Uh, Lindholm off? wound up, he took 25 face-offs. He won 14. Uh, he was 11 out of 16 after two periods. Yeah, he slowed so down the third. They probably put Leon three out of nine a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. 780-496-0063. Kevin, good morning, Kevin. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Good morning. First of all, I want to say Jack Michaels is the best in the business, correct? He's outstanding. Outstanding, yeah. And you guys were just, uh, making my point for me. Uh, I don't, again, you didn't get to see after hours tonight with uh, uh, Hyman. Uh, just getting to know him on after hours. He's maybe my third favorite player now. Such a genuine guy do you think he's as beneficial off the ice as he is on the ice just all around like you guys you already talked about it kind of yeah but absolutely inspirational, is. right absolutely right. he is that's that's the type of player they want in their dressing room right yeah yeah, yeah i agree and it's like to see him tonight on after hours he's a genuine guy family guy and he loves being in edmonton which is rare for a lot of these like big free agents right no, yeah, yeah, right. he 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 emphasized that in the summer. I, I had him on Inside yes. Sports on Tuesday, the the night before the season opener. First time I'd interviewed him one on one. Obviously, we weren't in person, but right, yeah, right. very very intelligent, very well spoken, and I mean, he he said it a, f- a few times that once he realized he wasn't going to Toronto, he wanted to right. play in in Edmonton, and he had to get his. You know, his wife had never been here, but he wanted That's right. to see that. They talked about that as well, yep. Yeah, and he's talked about, in the interview I asked him about, because uh, he's written the three children's books. And right, I that's right. Said, they talked about that as well. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, so I said, when's the fourth coming? I don't mean to put pressure on you. And he said, well, I get more pressure from the publisher. He was kind of joking, but he, he said, uh, he said, my wife wants me to write one for baby Theo, who I think is 10 months. Right, right, but he yeah. said, we probably want to have, I think he said, five kids total oh. or something like that. <laughs> uh, and so he said, then I'd have to write one for each kid. So I think he's one of those 
he knows what he cool wants out of life. Like and, on our team, right? Like the, you know, uh, a ver, you know, a book book writing guy, uh, smart and. Yeah, no, he's he, there. There was when you look for a player to bring into your organization, especially right. someone long term, paying big money. You're not just bringing the on ice product type of player. You want you want the whole package. You want a guy that's good on the bench, good in the dressing room. Right, the attitude he, to wanting to be here and all yeah. that. Yeah, you want you want a leader, and yeah. that is what you got with Zach Hyman. And we got a steal. We got a steal with yeah. this guy for the sure. The Toronto Maple Leafs are, are they are they are not as good a team. Because they lost Hyman, they're gonna. They're still gonna be a great team. They could be a playoff. They could do all these things, but they're not as good a team without Zach Hyman because he's that big a player. That's great to hear. As an Oilers fan, here we go, boys. Good night. Thanks for talking to me. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. We appreciate. It. Yeah. I mean, two two games in, but I, I think the new players, as advertised, Ryan Fogle, Hyman, Keith and Cece. I mean, Keith and Cece. I thought CeCe's had getting, a really good game. Especially. Yeah. And. A part of his game that I I didn't know he had was the the offensive prowess to to, to find guys streaking. I mean, he saw yeah, we talked about he found Yamamoto for a breakaway in the preseason, and the things that he's doing too. He he reads the play well. Tonight, Drysaddle has the puck, and for us, it's the far side in the corner. Cece's almost at the red line. Like he's a defensive defenseman who's gone all the way to the red line to receive the pass, cross-ice 75-foot pass from Leon Dreisaitl, and then knows as soon as he gets it, he's got Pugliarvi going through the middle and makes a perfect pass. Pugliarvi has to take that perfectly on his stick to be able to keep the distance between him and the defender chasing him to allow himself to shoot the puck unimpeded. And CeCe made that perfect pass. He did it in the preseason on a pass, I believe, from Hyman where he found Yamamoto on a breakaway. So that's a part of the game I didn't know he had, but a huge part when you're playing on a team with very good offensive players. So CeCe's been excellent in the two games that he's played in the regular season. Okay, and we will also welcome Ryan to the show. Hey, Ryan, thanks for staying up and thanks for listening. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, no worries. Uh, uh, so I think we can all agree that Mike Smith has been absolutely amazing for us for the first two games, but it's a little cause of concern uh, because 45 saves tonight and 31 against the uh, against the Canucks or 36 sorry um, but do you think the, that Smith and or Koskinen can hold up with this decor if they're if we're giving up that many shots a game well it's a good point I, I, I think that and we talked about it after game one that Dave Tippett would be excited about the two points but there's parts of the game that they knew they had to get better at. And I think, again, tonight, there were some great parts of the game tonight. Their power play was awesome. Their first line was good. They started rolling three lines, but, again, too many shots against and too many grade-A scoring chances against. Now it's early in the season. They're still trying to find their way, but, yes, uh, you're not going to be a playoff team going two, three, four rounds if you're giving up 45, 47 shots a night. So those are things they're going to have to correct going forward, and they understand that. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really good question because as we've seen, Rob, sometimes for the Oilers, sometimes against, a lot of coaches will stress shot quality. They want to limit high danger chances. I mean, we've had Tippett in post-game interviews the last couple of years. Sometimes they'll say, well, we got outshot, but they were, you know, from the hash marks, from the point. But we also know with, with hockey, sometimes it just goes in. <laughs> so sometimes the, yeah. the the quantity, does, I mean Quinn the the Hughes goal the other night, he's throwing it on net and as as Smith said, hey I just I didn't pick it up and, yeah. and it beat me. So yeah I think that's that's a that's a fair concern. I also wonder and we'll see how the league goes this year. You know, but we've we've talked a lot about the the speed of the game picking up, the skill of the game increasing. Obviously we've talked about a little less fighting there's more emphasis on skill and all that kind of stuff i mean are we entering in, in, an era this is a great big picture topic to bring up at 10 after midnight rough oh we got all, all the time <laughs> we got, got all night i got nothing yeah going we on. can go till daryl starts the morning show uh in about 29 hours but uh <laughs> i mean i wonder if we're going to enter an era where high event hockey is just the norm 
more like more normal. I mean, because they've we've come out of sort of that dead puck era that was with us in the '90s and early 2000s, when a team would take a 2-1 lead to the third period and and mm-hmm. tackle and give up five shots and maybe one good scoring chance and get an empty netter and win the game. Um, I think you know, maybe that's going to be the norm that there's there's over 30 shots on goal by both teams. It, I don't know. It, it might be more the norm in the regular season. I don't believe it'll be the norm when you come to playoffs again because every year for as long as I've been involved with hockey, there's always been rule changes put in place that allowed the regular season to have high event hockey, lots of chances, let the offensive players do what they do best, and then the first game in the playoff becomes a bloodbath where you're allowed to tackle and cross-check and do whatever you can to limit opportunities against. So that's why you have to be able to be to defend. You have to be able to be a team that when you have the lead, you can hang on to it. Mm-hmm. So there will be chances, but there's going to be games this year when you play, when the top teams play. I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. What is it? Fasileski, the last five or six series that they closed out, he's had shutouts. So the best teams know how to shut the other team down when they need to win a big game at a big moment. So the Oilers still learning that. And this is early in the season, but I know that Dave Tippett's not going to want to have Mike Smith having to make 36, 45 saves a night for them to get victories. They're going to have to get better defensively, and they will. Two guys who are excellent offensively tonight, three points each, Leon Dreisaitl and Jesse Pugliarvi. Maybe just a thought on your goalie first here, Leon. I think you had 30-something saves last game, another 40-something tonight. Just how good he's been for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been amazing. Um, obviously, the last couple of years, he's been great for us. So um, he showed that again tonight. So he's he's our backbone back there. And um, so obviously, it gives you a lot of confidence to have him back. We asked you a few days ago how many... I, I knew it was coming. That question had to come in. Eh? If you watch the replay, though, it was a little fluffy. It came off nice, but it was fluffing. So you're, you don't think he picked that? That little lucky? No. N- well, I mean, no, it's a nice shot. I'll give him that. Very nice shot. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a thought on uh, it'll be a little awkward because he's sitting next to you, but, you know, Jesse brings it again. Another solid game and, and a couple of rope. Yes, me. No, me. No, I'm asking. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Um, no, I mean he's getting he's getting better every day. Um, like I said a few days ago, um, you know, he's started to play against big bodies, skates like the wind, shoots the puck well, and his confidence is, is coming more and more. So uh, it's it's fun to be a part of. I want to play with him. Thank you. Uh, anytime, buddy. <laughs> Leon, you said earlier in camp here that uh, you thought this was the deepest the team's been. Now that you're watching them come over the board, sort of first line, second line, third line, are you seeing, you know, what are you seeing? Are you seeing anything maybe that you didn't see, have you not seen before? Uh, I, I have a hard time understanding you, sorry, but um, can you say that again, maybe? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, you talked earlier about how there's more depth on this team than there's been before. And now that you've watched the club for a couple of games, and you know, you got structure, you got a first line, you got a second line, you got a third line that plays the way a third line plays. What have you seen with, with this depth, and how's it worked so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I think tonight was the perfect example. You have. Uh, you know, the, the power play stepping up, a third line getting a goal. Um, and I think the, the third period was the perfect example where, uh, you know, we just kind of rolled them over and over, kept it very simple. And um, if you have depth like that, it gives you different options, and it's, it's, it's hard to beat. Is that your fan club out there, Jesse? Yeah, I heard something. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's nice. <laughs> buys it out there. <laughs> Jesse, you know, two goals uh, two goals in two games for you. How has the start of the season, how, how have you felt the start of the season has gone for yourself? Yeah, I think I, I am just working. Just uh, try to work hard and there are a couple of chances go in or, or out and I think a couple of good shots and that's it, yeah. You enjoy scoring goals, don't you? Yeah, it's pretty fun now. <laughs> <laughs> Fans there, the loudest, like, big, and, yeah, I have to enjoy, never know 
when the fire's not there again. <laughs> uh, Leon, there's a lot of talk this morning about maybe the, the temperature kind of dropping in the Battle of Alberta. Just, you know, no fans last year, all that type of thing. Did you think we saw kind of the resurgence of it, so to speak, tonight with uh, or everything going on in the first period? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, these games are always fun. Uh, it's always fun to be a part of, especially against Calgary. Um, obviously, these guys, the, the, the fans, they make it a lot, a lot better, a lot more intense. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a big win for us. Uh, it's nice to go 2 0 to start the season. Um, obviously, we, we just have to keep it going. And, and did you guys, either one of you, did you see the, the, the play with uh, uh, Anderson and, and uh, Yamamoto? Did you see a headbutt there on his part? On whose part, sorry? On Anderson uh, towards Yamamoto? I don't know. Probably, but whatever. <laughs> did it seem like, like Anderson was trying to pick on the smallest guy in the league? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> doesn't bother Yamo, I can tell you that much. Okay. Uh, Jesse, they didn't seem to like you around the net very much either in the first period. Kept yeah, I, I tried to be there. And actually, I did the penalty, I don't know. Was that penalty or no? But yeah, I tr tried to be there and be strong there. And yeah. So you didn't think that was a penalty? The goalie tend to sold that one a little? I don't know. Har hard to say, but I, I touched the goal, goal goaltender and... Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what the rule, uh, rules are like. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Jesse, uh, do you think that Leon or Connor has a better one-timer? Who has better? Who has a better one-timer, Leon or Connor? Say the right thing. <laughs> Connor, no. no. <laughs> I think still Leo, Leo have, but Connor is coming. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. All right, there we go. Having fun about McDavid's one-timer. He gets three tonight. Two on the power play, then into an empty net. Ryan scores, Pugliarvi scores again. 5-2, the Oilers take it over the Flames. They're 2-0. You can get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast is Tuesday, 5.30 face-off show. The puck will drop at 7. It's a home game. It's against the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 every weekday, and I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Monday night. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30 Ched. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Battle of Alberta, Chapter 1 for this season goes to the Oilers 5-2. Good night. 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Ched.